Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Oh, and welcome to the 905er podcast. My name's Roland Tanner. I am Joel McLeod. And uh, this week we're, we're doing an episode with, with just the two old regulars, uh, uh, the, uh, <laughs> old reliable, uh, old reliable Joel McLeod and old less than reliable Roland Tanner. Um, and uh, but we're uh, um, looking at a story. Um, actually, something that that uh, was a big article in the CBC yesterday about um, Hamilton Police and and their use of uh, drones uh, to uh, monitor a range of things, from from traffic collisions to to public demonstrations, and the kind of lack of information that was publicly available about this, about why they're using uh, uh, drones and and. Uh, the, the public, uh, public, uh, the public implications of of police services using drones to monitor us uh, as we go about our law-abiding lives. Um, Joel, what's uh, what was your take on this uh, piece? Uh, I, I did. I my initial assessment is I don't like it uh, most because there's so little scrutiny around the use of this technology especially by uh like local police agencies uh this in the article on the cbc we'll put a link to it in our, in our show notes but it just in hamilton alone uh the the there's something called a privacy impact assessment which is what uh the police have to do to say what the impact basically what what the I'm going to say threat to our personal privacy in public would be by the use of these uh, devices. And so they, they had on uh, the Hamilton police posted that just in 2022 alone, their drones were used multiple times, uh, including collecting pictures and measurements from car crashes and crime scenes, helping with ground searches, search and rescue and finding missing people, providing a tactical aerial perspective to monitor protests, mass gathering, riots, barricaded people, hostage situations, and high-risk search warrants, identifying suspects, other uses uh, such as for fires or explosions, flight testing, training, and judicial authorization. Um, it, this, this stuff is, is in, in, in my mind, too broad uh, to use. Like the, the things of... Um, uh, just going back here, uh, uh, high-risk search warrants. You know, what? Too many times I, I get, we hear stories of police, especially we saw we heard in, in Peel region of uh, uh, times when police were issuing search warrants from people who are really not. What they needed more was a social worker, somebody in the mental health field, than like a tact team storming down the 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 breaking down the do- door to investigate you know 
just it, the idea is that this is going to make our lives safer because the police will have this this technology. And I would argue, no, it doesn't. It, this doesn't make our our lives our, our lives uh, uh, easier. You know, the 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 article also posted here. Um, the flight logs uh, that it, that for 2022 and January 2023 uh, include like you know numerous car crashes, investigating the scene of a shootout. If everyone remembers the story of that the the gentleman who uh, uh, shot and killed a, a man in Milton, got in the 401, drove uh, 407, drove down to Hamilton, and they ended up with a shootout in Hamilton in a Hamilton cemetery big news in the region well apparently a drone was used in that matter to surveil the the situation as well the fake homecoming party for mcmaster last year uh, a drone was used there uh the search for a missing 80 year old shirley love and then uh most recently the when trudeau government had their cabinet retreat here in ha- uh in hamilton uh the protests that, that happened as a result of that well a drone was used in that my question is why like these are these these can these cameras record they like what happens to this footage afterwards right what what happens to this footage of somebody uh on going attending this protest which people as much as you may or may not agree with them they have a a perfectly legal right to do we have a right to free expression we have a right to protest our government no matter what these people are exercising their democratic right you may not agree with it but they'd still have a right to do it why are they on camera now with the Hamilton PD? Why, why, what, what are they doing with this footage? Is a question that I think, regardless of where you stand on the political spectrum, should concern you. Um, it's traditionally been a preserve of the right to be uh, to jump to the defense of of people's right to uh, people's right to privacy and to to, to uh, law abiding. Uh, you know, within the law, not being uh, snooped on, um, and I think you know a, a protest falls falls within that uh, remit. Certainly, um, you know, there there are you know I guess first thing to say is let's recognise how drones could be useful, and and for police forces, and I'm guessing that Hamilton doesn't have a helicopter. I think maybe Toronto, Toronto does, but Toronto police do, but Hamilton doesn't. Um, is a hell of a lot cheaper than a helicopter, and police have been using helicopters for for decades and decades. So, uh, so we recognise how these things can have a have valid uses. Where where certainly uh, my sort of hackles rise is when we see them used as uh, surveillance tools on people going about their lawful law abiding business, and a protest falls within that remit certainly uh, as you know perfectly law-abiding um and uh you know now the police said you know that they, they used it at a uh, i believe it was a great cup game um so oh yeah well it's just it's just for you know monitoring the traffic and stuff we're not looking at people well how do we know that says says who and says says you you know um the whole issue is 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 how this is being um you know we have to trust the police that they're using things for, for the reasons that they say they're using them. And until the CBC started investigating this, there was no notice on, on, on the, uh, on the Hamilton police website that they were using drones at all, which actually contravened their own, um, the, the, the PIA, 
the privacy impact assessment. I said that one of the first things they had to do was get it on the website and they didn't. Um, uh, and, and no real um, explanation for, 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 you know, why, where, and when they're, they're going to uh, use this drone. Um, I mean, well, the one thing that is, is worrying to me is the use of facial recognition technology. And these are two, two stories that are kind of starting to come together. Now, in, in Hamilton Police Defense, they have said that they do not use, they have not used facial recognition technology. They say this is equivalent to like a security camera uh, to, to monitor a, a, a crowd. So be it, I guess. Uh, however, we do know that certain police departments across Canada, uh, and especially in the United States, but we do in, in Canada, are buying very dangerous facial recognition technology. This is te technology that for a while was kind of the, the no-go zone for a lot of social media companies like Facebook, Google, because they said the, the, once the, the cat's out of the bag on this, it's so dangerous to be able to, to, to recognize your face uh, online and then be able to link it to various, your, wherever you've, you might be posted online, even if it's without your consent or awareness that your your photo is on the on the internet like if you're in the background of a photo this technology can might be able to identify you we know that police are experimenting with purchasing or getting access to this because there's no rules or regulations or laws surrounding the use of it uh from any it's at least not here in ontario at least like the provincial government has not laid down that police cannot use this at least to my notes, or, or no regulations about how, you know, do they need a warrant to use it? Do they need a, 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 a you know, the parameters that they can use it? It's only, to me, it's a, if we don't, I guess it's the creeping militarization of our police forces that, okay, they're using a drone. It's just used to crowd control. Great, wonderful. How long is it until somebody says, it would be great if we pay the upgrade. We pay that upgrade bill. We got that technology on there. We could, we can I see who's at these crowds? You know, think about how great would it would it be if you're in Hamilton PD and say, we can go in that that Trudeau protest, fly the crowd, fly the camera over top, and you hit your your facial recognition software, and you're able to identify people who are who are coming out, repeat repeat protesters perhaps, or people that you say, well, I I want to I want to be able to track and follow them once they leave the protest, like the. the there's my 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 date, my concern is always, yeah. At the on the surface, this seems like a good idea, but when you start asking like the follow up questions, you say, well, are we really really willing to trust the police with this level of power over us? I for one am not, most because I don't think the police have earned the right to do this. They you know, this is something that we've come back. To. Now we, we talked about this before we came on here. Is that it's this creeping blind eye to police that, you know, this we've heard it from right-wing media, not media, well, media, as well as politicians saying basically the, selling the, the idea that chaos and order is just a thin blue line, you know, that if it wasn't for police, we would all be descended into anarchy and chaos and God forbid anyone who would impact the police ability to save us from the 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 big bad boogeyman who's just around the corner 
And I, I have issues with this narrative. I, I really do. I, I don't, I think it only serves a, a select few and it takes away the power of the police ultimately are ours. They don't belong to, they're not their own entity. They're not their own. It's, it's not a regular job. It's a hard job, but it should be hard. And we should make it as hard as possible because at the end of the day, these people serve us and we give them a lot of power to potentially infringe on our freedoms. We should, they should be held to the highest of scrutiny and the highest of, of professional standards at all times in everything that they do. And, and they should welcome that. If, if, yes. If, 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 if there is, Good as they claim to be, if there's, if 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 there is as as, you know, there should be pushback when people say there should be increased oversight. There should be because it's like you know, to use a police argument of often uh, police often use when people sort of resist uh, surveillance or you know identity cards or things like this. Well, if you're not doing anything wrong, what are you worried about? Well, we'll turn that right back on them. It's like, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, why are you resisting, um, you know, increased oversight from the government, increased questioning of of, of um, right. the resources that are given to you? I mean, uh, the again, uh, uh, and I noticed there's a cultural difference in North America to how people relate to the. To first responders of all kinds, um, and, and actually that phrase "first responders" is one that is very North American um, in that it, you know, um, in other parts of the world they might be called the security services, or emergency services, or a combination of those. The, fir- the phrase "first responders" is one that itself kind of downplays um, the fact that the police are security. Um, uh, you know, they're protecting the public or whatever, but that they are. Find- you know, I, on, that, on, that, on that note, I do want to say, like, I think when I when I personally when I think of first responders, I think of like paramedics or firefighters. You know, when when a, a medical or you know a crisis, an accident happens, something tragic has happened, a, a car accident or a a a uh, you know something that's on fire, or you're having a medical emergency, you call a first responder. You're expecting a paramedic. Or a fire department to show up and help put out the fire, treat the injury, treat the the situation, and those people are, I I really have no no problem with those individuals. They should be paid well. And they should be they should be given the tools that they need because they are literally racing there first. The difference I have with police is that nine times out of ten, the police are called in after the accident. The police are actually the last responders to show up. Um, you know the police. You know, when a crime happens, it happens. The police are kind of called in after the fact to, well, what happened here? How do we piece together the the clues and find out what what the the who who did what in the situation? And there, that's important and it's vital to our society. But it's the I think it, it comes into this mentality of like again, the thin line between chaos and order. Of the police aren't there. To rush in and stop it, everything will collapse like a deck of cards or a house of cards. Sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, we were talking about K one line. I think it was a tweet last week from former conservative candidate in uh, Burlington, Emily Brown, 
I believe, um, uh, who was sort of raising the spectre of chaos on the streets of Halton, which <laughs> is frankly laughable. Halton is one of the safest places in Canada. It's one of the safest places in North America, probably. Um, yeah. Uh, to live, um, it has a very well-funded police service that that, that doesn't um, face some of the challenges that other police services in in this part of Ontario face. Um, uh, you know, and I'm not downplaying the seriousness of, of the things that they have to do whatsoever. But but you know, Halton ain't crime central. You know, come on, no. Um, and of course, I mean, her narrative is, I mean, clearly she's, she's intending to run again, uh, whenever the next election comes along, um, it's to whip up a a narrative that, you know, the, the, the the federal government is, is soft on crime and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, (sighs) give me a break. The thing that annoys me about that is, is all the little old ladies who are living in Holton, little old ladies and little old gentlemen, I should say. Uh, who 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 are generally who who believe this garbage, yeah, and who live in fear because people are whipping up this idea that you know they can't go outside their front door without being mugged, um, which is just nonsense. Well, um, it, it is it is malarkey. I mean, with Emily, Emily, we've asked Emily Brown to come on this podcast many a time. She we we get into, um, uh, she'll she'll post something on Twitter, and you or I will respond back saying. Well, okay. What you know? What about X, Y, or Z? Honest questions. Like, it's not. It's not meant to be a a, a gotcha one, but it's just you know. She posts something, and we say, well, okay, but you know, what happens in this situation then? And she'll come back and and discuss, you know, with a retort. I said, well, listen, why don't we have this conversation on our podcast as opposed to doing this on Twitter? Because it seems that you have you have ideas about this. We have ideas about this. Let's discuss it. And then, of course, she goes silent. And it's a concern to me is that you know you're going to drum up the 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 whole again. We're we're only a, a one bad day away from chaos, and it's those blasted liberals in Ottawa who are who are, holding, who are prohibiting police from doing their work. I can say, but police can afford. I'm looking at recent news, like not just in Hamilton, but across the province. We have. Uh, Halton Police uh, released a podcast that they paid for somewhere out of their own budget. They're able to pay and produce a podcast uh, in in, co- in uh, cooperation with uh, local news. Uh, your TV uh, Halton host came in and to to host and do the podcast. Uh, and then we also have the story in Toronto, where Toronto PD spent you know three hundred thousand plus dollars on a podcast uh i'll be honest for one 12 episode podcast it does not cost three hundred thousand dollars, folks i can guarantee you that but clearly like there's like okay they have enough money to spend this on what's known as copaganda well hamilton is able to buy thirty thousand dollar drones to fly i'm like clearly like they're able to bot to do all this stuff they have and quite frankly in in across the province no police service, at least from what I've been able to read, no police service has had their budget cut. We've had the you know defund the police movements coming through uh, every major uh, uh, municipality in the province. Not one municipality has voted to cut p- 
police funding in the province. And I say, well, like, really? Like, I, I question, I, I seriously question whether one municipality, in the, whether in theory, municipalities can cut police budgets in theory. I seriously question, and I'm willing to be corrected on this by anybody who wants to get in touch and explain the process to me. I seriously question the extent to which municipalities have an actual power to question the budgets requested by police services boards. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I question that because of discussions I've had with, with councillors over the years, you know, that's not coming from nowhere and and maybe they were wrong. Maybe they were telling me a story that isn't true. Um, But uh, certainly uh, the, Again, you know, to 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 take the conservative point of view um, of of how our tax dollars should always be protected and and should you know we should be quite, we should question every dollar that we spend. Uh, that's fair enough. Got no beef with that. Uh, we shouldn't spend money uh, we don't need to, and yet police services budgets are go through on the nod uh, routinely. Mm-hmm. Uh, they the budget is basically set by the police by the police in working with the police services board that number goes to the municipality and the municipality says, all right, then. Um, uh, and that's kind of the way it, it works in, in practice. Um, it, it simply well, doesn't the happen. That, that, the numbers, numbers are numbers there. Are, yeah. we, we, don't, we haven't seen a, 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 at least a plateau. Like there's not even like a case of a police saying, okay, no, you're staying with the previous, the previous year's budget make do every, as far as, far as I'm aware, every municipality has seen an increase in funding for their police services. It may not be astronomical. It might not be like, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars, but we haven't seen like just everybody say, no, no, you make do with what you got last year. You kept us safe last year with that, that amount. You can do the same this year. That attitude does not exist. Like there's, there's no pushback from municipal council. And it, it might be the case of them, them just saying, all right, well, what can I do? But it would be nice to have a municipal councilor come back and say, like raise a sink, like, no, you do not need an extra fifty million dollars for, and it's whatever. You know, we're as usual. We're ten years probably behind the U.S., but but being ten years behind the U.S. in terms of the militarization of the police, uh, of of the police moving moving from a peace, you know, basically a peacekeeping force, a, a force that 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 is a civilian. Uh, it's there to work with. Uh, civilians to make sure that everybody's safe and protected in their homes and uh, into a kind of quasi military um, uh, uh, force that, that, you know, increasingly dresses like the military and increasingly drives around uh, cars and trucks that look very military. You Um, know what? How about uh, just, I want to take a a break for a moment, just because I think we have to acknowledge uh, any spot uh, our sponsor for uh for the episode um so just cut, take a break for a moment and we'll be back in two seconds hi i'm connie Teeson, the host of broadcast dialogue the podcast we focus on canada and the challenges facing canadian radio and tv as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app okay and we're back um 
But uh, just to keep to kind of pick up on the note that you were talking about, Wong, about you know the increasing the creep of militarization of our police service. I think ultimately that's what I I think we have to worry about is that it's so easy to fall into that trap, that narrative of uh, our, 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 our society is crumbling. There's crime rampant on every street corner and we can't go down any street at night because, you know, the, the, the ne'er do wells are lurking to take advantage of all of us. And I thought we were talking before we hit record, like this is one of the reasons why we wanted to do this, at least for me, wanted to do this podcast was local news feeds off this stuff like that the local stuff that you bought that you get dropped off at your doorstep the free paper so much this is what feeds it i mean there were stories years ago what caught me to cancel my subscription was there's a story of a uh uh the halton basically the halton swat team the halton special response force went in for a raid on a street in my old neighborhood it's i'm not going to name it but it, it's not it's not known for being a very crime ridden part of town but the you know swat came up full full gear stormed i remember walking by and seeing like well, what's going on here oh my goodness and so i went to check out the news in the paper and they're part of the oh the the halton swat team uh implemented a raid at such such a location that was the story there's no follow-up, you know, it's part of a drug, uh, a, a drug bus, but there's no talk of like, did they get the right address? Did they get like, wh- what was seized at this house? What was, is this part of a wider coordination? It was nothing, but it left the reader with this sense of, oh my God, you know, it's, it's a crime. We're in a, we're in a crime cess ridden neighborhood. And, you know, we need the SWAT team to patrol us, patrol the streets every day. And I kind of want to be like, no, that, that it's not the case. Our streets are very safe, but we don't get proper accounting of what the police do. There's very little scrutiny of of how how they behave, and it feeds into this narrative of crime is everywhere. And if it's not for the police, we're going to be uh, uh, swamped in in drugs and in and rapists and murderers and and, and thieves and, and all this stuff. And I'm kind of inclined to say. No, I don't. I'm not buying into this narrative anymore. Well, and I think any any power, any kind of power given to any entity, um, you know. So I'm not making a point about the police. I'm not making any kind of dig at them, particularly. But any power given to any entity that comes without sufficient oversight will be abused. It's just the oh, way absolutely. it is. <laughs> um, you know. Uh, if, if you give something the ability to set its own budget with very little oversight, it will ask for more money than it needs. Uh, everybody will. Like if you said to someone, set your own salary year after year after year, and you know what? We're just going to give it to you, and uh, we're not going to really question in any significant way what, what uh, your salary is. I'm pretty sure that those salaries would go up by a healthy amount every single year. Oh yeah, um, and, you know we'd all do it. I mean, and even if we didn't think we were asking for unfair amounts, we would still end up asking for unfair amounts. It's human nature. Um, so all we're talking about here is the proper oversight of a very powerful body uh, that receives a hell of a lot of money to do what they do, um, and where there have been serious uh, and. Well, we, we know that over the years that, that poli- 
police have historically abused powers when they've been able to. And that's, you can take any police, again, I'm not taking a dig at Hamilton, I'm not taking a dig at anybody. It doesn't say any police service in the world, when given the ability, has abused the power that was given it. Again, it's human nature, actually. It's not taking a dig at the police. We're just all humans, and we will act like assholes when given the possibility to do so. Look at the kind of closing out this this episode of this this topic most recently we had uh, the 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 royal inquiry into what happened in nova scotia uh which if you're not familiar there was during the pandemic there was a a gentleman uh went on a shooting rampage in a small town in nova scotia disguised his vehicle as an rcmp cruiser disguised himself as an rcmp officer and basically went to a small town uh uh, causing havoc and, and ultimately murdering. I, I don't know. I, I don't have the number off the top of my head, but I mean, it clearly tra- a tragic case of what happened. Meanwhile, the police are sitting on the on the sidelines, puzzled as to who's in charge, what do we do, how do we approach this. So the the report has finally come out, and one of the rec- there are a couple of recommendations. One is stricter gun control. Basically, they're saying if if it's not a bolt action rifle, we don't you don't need it in Canada. If you're if you're going hunting, you don't need an AR-15 to go hunting. That's a different episode, uh, but that's one of the main big recommendations. The other one was more subtle: of police need to do a better job at what their role, their, their relationship is with the public. And one of the, that being said is kind of what the theme we've been saying so far is that they serve us, the people, the taxpayer. It is not a question of they need their job easier. Their job should be hard. Their job should be downright almost impossible in my mind because they serve us. We, in this country, we have rights and freedoms. We have, these are sacred to us. Every citizen, every resident of this country is granted protection by those rights and freedoms from the government. The police is an arm of the government. Yes, it's a municipal government, but it's still an arm of we. But we say to them, we grant you a lot of leeway, a lot of power to protect us from the bad people. But when we let down our guard to say, okay, you need more power, you need more permissions, you need more freedoms. We have that creep towards this militarization where, yeah, we we have... I mean, how long until we have, going, coming back to the Hamilton drone situation, how long until the police say we could really use that facial recognition software uh, for those crowd controls so we know if there's somebody somebody dangerous in the well, crowd? If it's not specifically excluded, I mean, they, they said, someone, they asked the question, do you use facial recognition? It's like, not at the moment, I think was the reply. The right. exact words was, was not currently or something like that. Um, well, if it's not ruled out, then at some point it will be used. Um uh, and facial recognition software, there's obviously huge numbers of privacy concerns with that. I mean, one of the best things about living in Canada, I, I often sort of compare my sort of previous existence in the UK. One of the best things about living in, in, in Canada is that we're not constantly photographed by a thousand different uh, privacy uh, uh, security cameras every day in, in Britain in particular. You walk down any street, you're probably being filmed by about a hundred different bloody cameras. I mean, it's I'm not even exaggerating there. It's incredible. Um, so the lack of privacy there is off the charts. Um, 
and with obviously, I would say, no sort of evidence that it produced a, a, a safer society as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a kind of slippery slope with this stuff um, uh, that you do need to to defend privacy, uh, our right to privacy at every turn, because there's very so little of it now anyway, with our phones, with we're being tracked on GPSs everywhere we go. Um, the data we're sharing with, with um, uh, uh, private companies is, is insane. Um, and we only ever have their word that they're looking after that. We need to monitor all this stuff um, as, as, as a way to sort of defend our very weak, so it appears, uh, uh, democracy. Well, it, you're, the issue of our, 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 our digital privacy that's a whole other episode it, yeah it's a whole, it's entire, a whole other entire, thing but you're, but you're yeah. right like we just it's a blind spot like we we because here's the thing like if you're in public if you're if you're walking through the park and you decide i'm going to take a picture of something i see so you you can take a picture of anything in a public park and whoever you capture in that frame they there it's a public space you're allowed to, to film it and i know the near the the contrarians to what we're saying are going to say, well, it's not just what the police are doing. And I'd say nine times out of 10, yes, that's true. But the police, it's what the police can do with that information afterwards. You know, if you and I take a picture of us in a, in a public park and we post it to Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatnot, okay, it goes up there. It's, it's probably not going to be used in some criminal investigation, at least we hope not. <laughs> but you know, if the police say, "Well, I just we want to, we want to to review the footage and see who might have been at, you know, Trudeau's protest, or we want to, you know, who might have been at this uh, McMaster football game, uh, home or McMaster homecoming game," um, like what what right do they have to do if no crime was being committed? What right do they have to know? somebody's political leanings or somebody's uh maybe at best a misdemeanor might have might have been happening um you know like it's, it's there is a fine line and like we we just des- as the people we deserve to know the devil and the details of this. They, for us to allow police to use this i'm not saying that they can't use it. i'm not saying ban it entirely but i am saying we they have to earn our uh, our consent and our respect to not respect, you know, maybe that as well, but our, definitely our consent and our understanding and our, our oversight to say, we're going to use this because at some point they're going to have too much power to, to use this. The, like the, the one example that was given was, or that kind of caught my eye was the fact that um, some flights lasted in the report. They're saying uh, most flights in 2022 and January, 2023, lasted a few minutes or a few hours, but one flight went on for almost nine hours. What was going on for nine hours that the Ham- Hamilton PD can't can't explain what the drone was doing up there for nine hours? Um, and maybe it was completely legitimate. We don't maybe know. so, but, but the, we the point is we don't know. Yeah, yeah. And um, I, like, so I would say at the very least, maybe what needs to be done is this footage is able to be uploaded for public scrutiny so we can see what the police are filming uh in this case um 
So we know, and every time that it's up in the air, we know exactly how long it's up, what it's recorded, where it is. And maybe that means that you have to position a, a you know a police vehicle above a neighborhood with a big sign that says drone in the area or or, or something to uh so that people understand, okay, this is this is this is happening now. You know, there has to be not so much just a, a, a discrete, oh yeah, you know, it went up, but a, a clear, like a, a clear log, public access, not just a freedom of information access, but a website that every time one of these things goes up in the air, we can click on it, we can see it, and maybe even watch real time what's happening. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think there could be a whole lot more, a whole lot more regulation around how these yeah, things are, are used. Uh, you can almost sort of leave it that. And I think as, as far as, I think it's right and proper. I mean, uh, there, there, there are people out there uh, tend to be of the more conservative persuasion who, who who seem to think that any questioning of the police is is an act of kind of disloyalty and, um, you know, anti-Canadianness or something. I think, no, I, I'm not here calling for the abolition of the police or any of this stuff. Um, uh, fund the police in, in in terms of its original meaning, as in make sure we're funding the police appropriately for their job. Totally in favor of of reviewing funding uh, extensively uh, and the extent to which police are used for things that they are not actually very well qualified for handling, such as mental health, yes, um, etc., etc., etc. We've been through that before, but you know, oh, absolutely. Um, but I, I, I'm not saying abolish the police. That's a very different thing. This is not some, you know, I'm not some extremist um, sort of view. The things we can live in, you know, anarchy. Unfortunately, the world doesn't work that way. Uh, but I do think that, you know, with great power comes great responsibility and with great power should come great oversight and, uh, and questioning of uh, the appropriateness of uh, the funding, the appropriateness of the tools that are used. And that we always, always, always maintain that the, the, the difference between the police and a military force, um, that they are not about, uh, that, that they are there to, protect the public not the powerful um and and we have we are far too this kind of hero worship unquestioning hero worship of 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 uh, emergency services first responders everything i have always been uncomfortable with um no one in any job anywhere gets away without being questioned without having oversight uh, you put on a uniform, you're not suddenly a superhuman, uh, even if you're doing a dangerous job. Uh, ultimately, you chose to do that job. You didn't have to. Um, hero worship. Uh, and I see that almost kind of quasi-religious kind of um, view sometimes expressed uh, towards uh, uniformed services and uh, and encouraged by the uniformed services themselves. I mean, the thin blue line stuff to an extent is all about that. Uh, I somehow can, I can these, just, these I can justify with firefighters. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. But, but, but even with firefighters, it's like, it's a job. Yeah. You're going into a dangerous situation. Police go into very dangerous situations. Police get killed at a higher rate than firefighters mm-hmm. do. As far as I'm aware, um, you know, totally recognize that, totally recognize that. That doesn't mean you get a free ride, uh, uh, unquestioned um, uh, uh, 
right to do anything or or a kind of blank check for your for your salary. Uh, sorry, it doesn't. You know, uh, it's the same. I mean, you get this with the military sometimes too. Right. Uh, and again, it's very powerful organizations, uh, very powerful uh, things who are outside the normal rules of society. Who we have? Okay, these some oh no, these great guys, guys in uniform. Blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, I. I makes me uncomfortable. So I'm saying, I'm not saying they don't do really important stuff. I'm not saying they don't put their lives in danger. Um, I'm not saying any I, of that. I would, I would argue though, my, my, I, I think it, for those, those or, or agencies and organizations, the highest of scrutiny and the highest of standards um, and the, the, the utmost reluctance to give anything to them is almost justified in, in, in my in my opinion, just, I'm not saying we shouldn't, but man, oh man, like just the eagerness that some, some people have to say, okay, let's give, uh, they need money. They need, uh, uh, this new gadget, this new gadget, let's give it to them. And I like, I like the stuff like drone, like this drone technology. So why would, why do we want, why do we need to have this brought in? Well, ironically, we are a lot, we're, we're actually are a lot more, uh, careful with the money. <laughs> Some would say over careful. We're a lot more careful with the money we spend on Canada's military than we are on Canada's police. True. So the police get a blank check. The military don't. Um, uh, so it's like well, we're willing to throw all this money at uh, at controlling Canadians, um, but not you know doing whatever outside of Canada. Um, I'm not arguing one way or the other with that stuff, but it, yeah. I, I think I think the same the same kind of questioning of of do we really need to be spending this money should happen with with policing as it does with anything else in the world, and, and we should give. I would argue, city councils should be given a veto power over police budget spending, also because it it comes out of our tax. There should there should be a veto to say no, we are we are not signing off on this item um you know they, they, they just the idea i'd really of, like to speak to some counselors about that situation and the practicalities of uh practicalities and realities of how police services budgets are set um obviously there are usually counselors on the police services board it's usually one or two senior members of a council who will yeah. be on the police services board however uh, um the theory is well they certainly vote on it um I have serious questions that I would like answered um, about what would happen if the council voted no on a police services budget. Well, that's the thing, because we've never had it. And that, that to me is, is, is highly suspicious, that we've never had a council say, no, come back with a cheaper, uh, you know, a, a reduced budget. Well, um, if there's any councillors listening, please uh, get in touch. Tell us yeah. about it on the record, off the record, whatever. And uh, we 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 would like to know. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, let's call it a call it a date, call it a day, whatever time it is that you're listening to this podcast. Thank you very much, everyone. We'll be back next week with more 905er. Bye bye. Bye bye. This is Charles Adler. After a few years of working on radio and television, the Charles Adler Show has evolved to a natural place in 2023. YouTube, podcast, and open RSS. You'll hear the show as it always has been delivered, concise, 
with context, clarity, and empathy. And as a bonus, the guests will be natural-born storytellers who won't fear telling stories that are personal and emotional. They won't fear uncomfortable questions. Most important, they won't fear me. Follow me on Twitter at Charles Antler and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. That's it for this episode of the 905er. Thank you for listening. As always, you can send us your feedback, thoughts, and concerns, or ideas for future episodes to our email, info at 905er.ca. We'd love to hear from you. You can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time. Candace Sampson, the voice behind what she said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.